Jesse, Jerez, or Hereth, Hereth, I should say. My, my, what a race that was. Possibly one of the best non-eventful race, races on the planet. It was quite boring, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was, it was. There wasn't a huge amount that happened. Um, everyone finished pretty much how they were lined up on the grid. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a Formula One. There's a lot of people who like that, which I don't particularly understand with Formula One. Oh, look at that tyre change. Excellent choice. I don't get it. I don't really get it. But anyway, what was the big thing for you in Hereth? What was the thing you liked? Rossi won. That's <laughs> all I wanted to be honest with you. Yeah, I think there was a lot of partying going on that night in Spain. Which um, party? There were no party. Party well, was between the two Suzuki's. <laughs> but did you notice that uh, the next day they were meant to be testing the bikes, testing all their settings? Rossi didn't come on until 2pm. Everyone else was on in the morning. I think he was a little bit pleased. Bit of Kenti. It's always good, babes. <laughs> well, part of the reason is, or at least I think is, I've heard that Rossi has never ever in his entire career had a race where he's been first in practice, first qualifying, first all the way every lap until the finish. Actually, when, because you got the data, I don't have them, uh, but when was the last time it was first in the podium I think it was a while ago last year it was ages ago yeah it was I mean um, I love you throw that challenge to me because I have the data like I've got some kind of super computer that's (laughs) churning away no I've got two cats that sat next to me yeah um, I, I can't remember to be honest it's been a long time you're right he doesn't really qualify first uh, that's not his style he qualifies a little bit later uh, then races through people all the way to the finish um, you're right it was a bit dull it was dull but it was very good to see Rossi back to you know where he was yeah. like two years ago and, I, I think and you... that's really really enjoyable to be honest with you and to be honest I thought that it would never become first when his tire starting like dropping. I was like, okay, it's going to be second, third. You know, Renzo is going to come back. Uh, Marcus was quite far away, to be honest with you. So I was not very too worried about Marcus. But I was like, it won't be first. It's going to be Lorenzo. I was a bit worried about him. And finally he made it. I don't know how he did, but it was absolutely unbelievable. Oh, and I was like, what? oh yeah, he's back this on track, he's an old guy, but yeah. Yeah, but this this is a thing that seems pretty consistent with all of them, that they were having massive problems with those Michelin tyres at that track. Uh, Pedrosa and Lorenzo both said on the straights, they were just spinning and spinning and spinning. And that's, that's unusual. Yeah, you that's that Pedrosa has done a very good job. But then uh, Rossi, uh, not after the race, but after after that again, uh, it said himself. He said, yeah, the tyres were shit. They were all over the place. They were spinning, but they're Michelins. I know the Michelins. I knew it'd be fine. Have you seen how Lorenzo was disappointed? And he blamed, obviously, the tyres, the setup. I was like, oh, my God, he's come back with a story that now that he dropped 
of Yamaha. You know, like Rossi was a favorite. They've done a better setup for him. And it was like the conspiracy is back. And finally, you know, he was just blaming his tire. Ah, well. I know, he did look grumpy as fuck. <laughs> he was not happy. He didn't look happy He's at all. He's fucking sick of man. Yeah. I just missed the interview with Cal Crutchlow, um, who I love, uh, where he said, well, you know what, I should have been on the podium today, but the problem was this, it was that. Do you know what, I think the tyres were put on backwards, I think the paint was slightly the wrong colour, but I would have been <laughs> on the podium otherwise. You know, there's always a reason. Like, he's fast, but it's, it's never his fault when he's not at the top. <laughs> no. No. Talking about bad luck, I think the videos are the worst. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, um, okay, so this race, uh, I, I believe it was some kind of uh, oil or water pump that fell over the tyre, um, which was causing all his problems. He said oh. he was slipping in loads of corners. He didn't By know the way, why. the rosé is not that great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm sure you'll still finish it anyway. <laughs> But um, you know, then when you look in the 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 last race before that in America, Pedrosa went plowing into him, which was a real accident. That's unusual. From Pedrosa, wiped him out. Before that, Anoni went plowing into him. I'd love to say that was an accident, but that was a ridiculous, crazy. Well, move. it was an accident. To be honest with you, he didn't do it on purpose because Anoni yeah, didn't. I think no, the technical. He didn't term. go very well with him. No, the technical term in in racing is he is um it was just a giant fuck up. So it, sorry, babes. I'm just you know uh, cutting you here, but now that we know that Lorenzo is going to uh, Ducati, what do you think? Yeah, Nani, Davizio, so look at that. None to break of these the big news. Look at that casual entrance of breaking the big news. <laughs> Well, Lorenzo I'm still, I'm still is going to be wearing red. Um, yeah, bold, bold move. And I can't help but think it was possibly facilitated by a lot of million dollars. I, I, I think money has spoken here. Um, you said personally that he feels like he needs a little bit of an extra challenge. Um, which I kind of understand. He's trying to use a cat, Rob. Well, a cat, <laughs> a cat's trying to climb on the recording equipment, which is not particularly Just steal your data. <laughs> <laughs> but Lorenzo going over there. I mean, he says he wants a challenge, so I can understand that. He has one with the Yamaha. It's not like he's absolutely dominating, but I think he's realised that in the paddock, he's never going to be number one when Rossi's around. Um, he's never going to be. Uh, Rossi is the boss. He's the most popular. Um, if he comes third and Lorenzo wins, everybody's cheering for Rossi. Lorenzo's just... Um, so I think he wants to go and see if he can make something for himself. And they, I, I don't think he's chosen uh, the worst time for it. The, the Ducati's going strong. It's powering down the straights. Very strong this year, to be honest with but, you. It's just like we're talking about Yamaha and Honda. But Ducati is definitely at the same level than these two. But the only thing I'd say to that is that the Ducati's been really strong on all of the non-European tracks. As soon as it arrived at Jerez, it wasn't the quickest thing on the planet. Um, they were having huge problems on, on, you know, on one of these small, twisty European circuits. 
and that's something that's likely to continue throughout the rest of the season. So whilst Lorenzo may have moved while times were quite good and everything seemed like the Ducati was sorted, maybe he's looking at it now thinking, oh, shit. You know, it's 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 a fast bike, but uh, I think the in the last race in Jerez, the first Ducati was twenty six seconds away from Rossi, who was winning. And twenty six seconds. I mean, that's that's a long distance to close. And when you look to um, uh, two years ago, when they were having big problems with the Ducati and acknowledged it, twenty six seconds wasn't unusual. 26 is massive, Rob. That's what I mean. 26 is it's, it's, it's a big one gap. third of the time of closing a track. It is, it is. But the interesting lap, thing sorry. with uh, Lorenzo going there is forget just Lorenzo and what that means for him. There's also another little fact here we can't better give it. Is one of those Andreas needs to go. Or maybe two of those Andreas needs to go. But that's only, again, my point of view, and I'm actually most of the time very wrong. But the video, so I found him, I found him like very more challenging than Yannone. Um The video, so can be a real challenger and could be like very tough. He's good, he's smart, he's also like very focused. Um, well, Yannone is a bit of a crazy guy, and uh, it could be extremely good as you can be like. <laughs> crazy, crazy bad. Yeah. Um. So, if I was Ducati, if I have to take a guy, I would definitely take Dovizio. So he's more regular in uh, in his race. After he's got a lot of bad luck. To I be guess you've got to ask yourself: Is it a case of out of those two, Andreas? Do you want Dovi, a Dovi who's consistent, is fast, he can get podiums consistent, comfortably, that's exactly the word that I'm looking um, for. and a really nice guy to deal with? Or do you want Crazy Joe, uh, Iannone, who's wild, who's crazy, he's good. He's don't crashing, let me wrong, he's very but good. Ultimately, uncertain, younger, and more likely to win a race. So for Ducati, are you going to win races? Or you're going for consistent that, points. I disagree with you, Rob, because I think the Vizioso always have uh, the most potential to win a race than Yanone. Yanone can be absolutely excellent, but he's got his, you know, specific track. Yeah. While the Vizioso can be a real changer in every track. Well, and that's what I think and what I see. What, what you uh, what you say, but actually, is is full of bad luck. Is because I got <laughs> yes, bad luck since last year. I, yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I um. I feel I, bad. I, I wouldn't be taking be lottery numbers from uh, Andrea Davizio, so I, I don't think his luck's all there at the moment. Um, and maybe what you say is right. If they've got Lorenzo as their number one rider, maybe they're looking for a consistent number two. I mean, let's put it this way. Pedrosa has never been delivering a championship-threatening status, yet Honda love him because Marquez was number one, yeah, Stoner was number that, one. You want I, a consistent number two. I think, um, <laughs> so to speak. I don't know where I've seen that, <laughs> but I've seen somewhere that in terms of people who's been on the podium, you got first... Uh, obviously Rossi with his experience and his orders and every anyone else and the second one was Pedrosa and the third one was Marquez so Pedrosa has been more on the podium than Marquez 
and between Marcus and Rosie, which is quite mm. actually, I was quite surprised when I've seen oh, that. I don't know where I've seen that, no, to be honest yeah, with that you. Was, that was some, uh, but during the MotoGP, that just because Pedrosa's been around a long time. But that raises another question. Yeah, but she's very young. And that raises another question. When we look at this big shuffle, so we're assuming one Andrea will stay in the Ducati. Uh, we know there's a seat at Yamaha, who I'm pretty sure Vinales is going to go to. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's blue like Vinales is already with flashes of yellow. It's, it's it, you know, he can probably keep the same leathers. It's a very easy transition for him. Um, Rossi adores uh, Vinales, so you know that he's going to get the support. Um, I can't see Vinales. Vinales is better, though. Uh, yeah, but I, I, no, I, the support comes from I, the Vizioso to be honest, it's not from Vinales. I, I see the Vizioso and Rossi are kind of best friends. I see Vinales uh, getting on that Yamaha. The question is, um, Pedrosa hasn't got a seat confirmed yet, and I have a feeling after his results this year, he might uh, be pushed out. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Pedrosa going over to Suzuki. So if Vinales goes over to Yamaha, it wouldn't surprise me if Pedrosa jumps over to that little blue Suzuki, which is going mighty fine, I have to say. Anyway, like we're talking about different teams swapping uh, bikers, riders. Uh, what were your highlights in Erez? Um I mean, it was, it was nice to see uh, Valle uh, leading everything. Uh, I think that was partly due to the fact he's a little bit more comfortable with those and that's what is needed to be honest he yeah, needed a big those, boost those tyres are stiff after after they uh, ruined themselves with Reading they've stiffened them up um, and that really doesn't suit Lorenzo's style doesn't suit Lorenzo at all um, it suits Valle and in, uh, a Spanish track won by an Italian Oh, bad it is. Well, look through all three classes. There wasn't a single Spanish guy who won out those three classes. I mean, look at Moto2. Um, the lovely boy Sam Lowe's just dominating that race. What a fantastic ride from him. What about the Frenchie, Zarco? Uh, he was back in fifth. Yeah, but that's amazing. It was in 16th position, unless you go back to fifth. I think it's a good, yeah, good thing. Yeah, but it's, it's why It's not good. It's not good. It's like world in, champion. Uh, if you look at that, like at the whole picture, I think it's quite disappointed and very sad at the same time because you don't know, like a world champion, but like I, being 16th and... And back to fifth, I think it's quite good. He got also quite lucky because like few, few guys. I don't remember the riders. Uh, yeah, who there was a few crashes. But I, I, I think few. it's there were um, lots of crashes this year. I, th I think that's what it takes to be world champion. You have to be a guy who can go to a track that you absolutely hate, qualify right at the back of the grid, and then still pull it back to fifth comfortably. That that's a world champion. That's why he's world champion. But I want to see him on a MotoGP bike. I really want to see him on a full power, full power bike. And I think next year that's fairly certain. Oh yes, to go to MotoGP. To be honest, if he doesn't go to MotoGP, I wouldn't get it. Two years in Moto2, I think that's good. 
I think I was even surprised that he decided to stay in Moto2 because he definitely got the capacity to go in MotoGP. Like you can see Rabat, for example, is in MotoGP right now. And he's at the back of the grid all of the time after you could tell me, yeah, the first time in MotoGP. Yeah, sure. But sometimes it was one of the winners. It was an equal position than Darko. So I'm sure like Zarko will do better than Rabat in MotoGP. Okay, right so let's bring it forward to Le Mans. Oh, God. Come French on. track. Zarko has to be first. This is your home track. <laughs> this is your expertise. That's true. <clears throat> this is what you, what you know about. So first of all, Michelin is their home track. A lot of pressure. They're yeah, but the, the tires to shit. <laughs> French rack or not French rack. I think they need to improve a lot on their on their tires, and I'm sure like they're working hard because well, lots of lots of pressure. They're going to be in their hometown. There's still a little question whether they're consistent or not. And some of the riders have been saying that when they're testing different tires um, from one to the next, they're different. So they're complaining that they might go out on a race tire because it's new. And it's basically a bag of shit. Bridgestones were super consistent. You see, if you went from one tire to the next, um, they were absolutely fantastic. There was no difference between them. Um, and what the uh, guys are saying about the Michelins is, is that sometimes uh, you get a tire that is absolutely great, and then you can put another tire on for the race, and Excuse it's terrible. Excuse me, I've got a cat issue. <laughs> the cat is eating my mic. <laughs> Hey, come on, get out. You can probably stop that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not helpful. But, um, so Le Mans. So, so last year, Lorenzo won. Um, Rossi had been complaining that his setting was bad for the entire race. And was playing around with stuff. Uh, Bradley Smith was top in FB2, which is fantastic. Um, it's brilliant. Um, Pedrosa had come all, um, it was his first race back from his injury when he'd had his hand cup, uh, cut open for his arm bump. Um, but yeah, Lorenzo won. Lorenzo won. What's your prediction? Um, oh, good question. I think, um, last year the Hondas had been having, uh, a lot of problems and the problems didn't come to light until Le Mans. Whereas this year, the Hondas have been having problems already and they've already come to light. So it makes me wonder whether or not it means the Hondas are actually in a worse position than they were last year. So, oh God, it's a tough question. Um, I'm going to go Valle um, because we're in London here and the weather has been absolutely shit all week. It's been raining, thunderstorms. We've had snow, snow in April. Um, so I think the weather's pretty ropey at the moment and a wet Le Mans is perfect for Valley. Well, um, actually, it's a good thing because it's good what you're saying. Le Mans is on the west coast of France. Well, west, not completely it's west. Central. But no, it's uh, more like west than central and they got actually kind of the wind the weather of the west coast like normandy Brittany, mm-hmm. etc and so you never you're never safe on the weather you can say like you cannot say like south of france so the weather is meant to be good you never know what you're gonna get and we all know that rossi 
is really comfortable in the rain, but you never know what you're going to get really on the day. Um, but also, I um, think there's yeah. a there's a good straight, um, and it's a little bit damp. If these Ducatis like the last ones, uh, and with a long straight, so the stop start. They'll be fast, so don't count off the Ducatis at all. I think they'll be fairly rapid. You never know. It's not all about like the weather forecast. That's true. Like you've got different tires this year. You've got riders more comfortable in the rain than the other one. You know that Rossi really loves Le Mans, and uh, yeah, I I can't tell right now until you see the free practices. Let's continue our bet. I need to know your one, two, three. Uh, I'm not going to say anything until I've got like the free practice. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting the choice. No, this no, 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 no. Because like you, you don't know. I'm going for Rossi Lorenzo Marquez. One, two, three. I need to know yours. Well, it would be like very rubbish. I think we need to have another podcast like the after like the <laughs> the, the free practices and before the qualifying <laughs> yeah. to really tell you exactly what okay. I, what so. I think is going to be the best. What would your bet be before free practice? Sorry, I'm always wrong, so don't follow me. For me, it would be Rossi, Rossi, and Rossi. But no, again, you know, on. it's you a free podcast, a so I have to be like very fair. Number but one. But I really love Rossi. <laughs> My iPhone case is a Rossi. I think <laughs> we got that. I think that's, that's clear. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I, I hope that Rossi would make it, obviously. Okay, number because, two. Uh, I'm a real of Dovey, so I would say Dovey. I think that's a bad one, to be honest. I'm looking at mine thinking, well, why I like did him. I forget Ducati? I think it's amazing. Well, he's got a bit of a point to prove And I would well say now, I have he? to put a Honda here, so I would say Marquez. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That when everyone else is having these massive problems with the Honda, Marquez is still riding. Um, all the way around it. Okay, so that's predictions for Le Mans, which is next week. Um, Should we do another podcast on the qualifying? After the qualifying, like to talk about it. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, until the next one, um, I hope you enjoyed that and thank you for listening. Um, and we will speak to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>